Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Music meets the mob in this biographical documentary narrated by Steve Van Zant about the life and career of Burt Burns the most important songwriter and record producer from the 60s that you've never heard of. His hits include Twist and Shout, Hang on Sloopy, Here Comes the Night, Peace of My Heart. He helped launch the careers of Van Morrison and Neil Diamond and produced some of the greatest soul music ever made. Filmmaker Brett Burns brings his late father's story to the screen through interviews with those who knew him best and rare performance footage. Included in these interviews are such people as Ronald Isley, Benny King, Solomon Burke, Van Morrison, Keith Richards, and Paul McCartney. The film is called Bang! The Burt Burns Story, and it is co-directed by Bob Sarles, as well as Burt Burns' son, Brett Burns. Brett, welcome to film school. Wow, thank you, Mike. I'm so happy to be here with you. Well, thank you. Well, um, again, I, we, I teased it in the uh, in the introduction here, the... Uh, the most important songwriter and producer uh, that you've never heard of. And again, I confess, I, I'm, I grew up in that era, heard all of these songs, was blown away by all these songs. I had no idea that, it w- that one person was so integral to the, uh, the production and the writing of these songs. Uh, why? <laughs> uh, why is that such a... a, a my, my impression, and you even allude to it in the, in, in the material. Yeah, well, you know, my father died so long ago. This is the 50th anniversary of his death, wow. and the sands of time just covered up and buried his legacy. You know, he died in 1967 at the age of 38, and I was only two years old. Um, I had my sister was 10 months old, and my little brother was two weeks old. So he had three children in three years with my mother, and he was running the labels, and he was doing all these things. And, mm-hmm. and then he he died from that uh, heart attack that he knew was coming, and he just disappeared over time. And uh, it really, really was really left to to me and my family to sort of resurrect his legacy and uh, shine a light on extraordinary story. Yeah, well, I'm going to ask you a two-part question. When did you begin to understand your father's legacy, Burt Burns' legacy? And at what point in that sort of realization did you think, well, I there's I got to do a film about him? Yeah, it was um see I grew up with my mother being the star of the house. She took over the record company after he died and had an amazing 10-year run of her own as a record label chief. But um, she would tell us stories about him, and I would hear things along the way. But it wasn't really until I became an adult and the songs reverted back to us, the copyrights came back to the family, um, and we had to start a music publishing company around the songs. And I started working in the family business, and my first revelation, realization was that my dad was uh, completely forgotten, lost to history. He was written out of the history books, no recognition by any of the halls of fame. And so I thought, okay, we have to, the only way we're going to get him recognized for his musical legacy was to tell this incredible life story, which is, you know, the stuff of fiction on so many levels, but it's all true. And so we uh, we thought, okay, we're just going to tell this story in every medium. And uh, a book by Joel Selvin, Here Comes the Night, The Dark Soul of Burt Burns and the Dirty Business of Rhythm and Blues, was uh, 15 years in the making and came out in 2014. 
and um, around that same time, a musical called Peace of My Heart that we also spent 10 years developing uh, went off-Broadway at the Signature Theater. But it was a documentary, and I spent uh, another 10 years uh, on this film uh, gathering interviews. I just realized you know, I was losing this generation, mm-hmm. uh, and so we set out to, to start interviewing people, even though I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew to bring in the best people I could to shoot the interviews. And um, so that's kind of how it all began. And it was really that realization early on that uh, it was up to me and my sister and uh, my brother to tell this story. So that's kind of how it all began. Yeah, it is remarkable. And I, I, again, alluded to some of these songs, Twist and Shout, Hang on Sloopy, Here Comes the Night, Peace of My Heart. There are so many more. And one of the things about this, uh, your film, uh, Bang the Burt Burns Story, is how many great, I mean great, what rhythm and blues, blues, whatever, however you want to categorize, categorize it. How many of those songs are so amazing, and uh, not familiar with a lot of the stuff that was in that early part of his career? Um, and because the, it feels like so much of that time, that mar- part of the market was uh, radio-wise was sort of segmented, didn't really hear a lot of it. They're so impressive, and the artists that he worked with in that during that period of time, the early years, with the, these artists were was remarkable stuff. Um, were were there things about that early part of the uh, of his career that you had that kind of reaction to? Because I I couldn't believe how wonderful some of those that's those songs were. And tell me a little bit about your impression of the first part of working with all these great blues artists or rhythm and blues artists. Yeah, he um, he was really you know predominantly uh, an R and B producer, and the, the vast majority of my father's work was really uh, contemporary soul music and yeah. rhythm and blues. And I was aware of the hits growing up, the Twist and Shouts, and the Peace of My Heart, and Hang on Sloopy. But uh, I also had no idea how deep his body of work went. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until um, eBay came along that I was able to really rediscover my father's uh, music. And every week I would find another 45 on eBay that I had been searching for for decades. And um, we just slowly but surely gathered the hundreds of songs that he left behind, um, not just the hits, but this extraordinary you know, sort of body of work that we had, didn't even know ourselves. And so it was as much a, a discovery for, for me and my family as it is for everybody else. And um, one of my uh, sort of great sources of pride for this film is that we were able to score the entire film with his music. And a lot of the, these songs that people don't know are playing as underscore in the film. So it's really rewarding to be able to introduce uh, people to not just the hits of Burt Burns, but to this extraordinary body of work that sits underneath yeah, we're speaking with uh, Brett Burns. He is the son of uh, Burt Burns, as well as the co-director of the film Bang, the Burt Burns story. And let's also mention Robert Searles as uh, co-director on the film. The um, Yeah, it, it's, it is a remarkable body of work. Um, now, your, your dad had, uh, he was ill. He, he got sick very early in his life. And it, it had an impact on him, not only physically, but it seems on his outlook on life, his philosophy of life, his desire to live fast, live to uh, life to the fullest. Tell us a little bit about that part of his life. Yeah, so he uh, he got rheumatic fever um, as a young teen, and uh, that was a death sentence before modern medicine brought penicillin uh, along. And so he knew he was going to die young, and... 
uh, and that rheumatic heart condition really was the sort of transformative um, event in his life, and it uh, drove him to live life like there was no tomorrow, and to live with his heart on his sleeve, and he just, uh, it, it just it influenced everything that he did, and he wrote that pathology into his music. Um, you know, Peace of My Heart and Heart Be Still were two of the last songs before he passed away in 1967, and the vast majority of his work have sort of very heavy autobiographical lyrics about the encroaching night, Here Comes the Night, and yeah. songs and lyrics of crying. And, and you know, he, he really, he, as a songwriter, he took his uh, writing to another level of uh, internal uh, introspection and that kind of thing. And so he, um, it, it really was, uh, all, it, people didn't know he had a bad heart. He didn't go around telling people that he was ill. Uh, he lived like, you know, a healthy guy and, uh, he, and he wasn't like he really told people about this, but, uh, to his closest friends, they knew, uh, that he had this ticking time bomb of a heart. And, um, I think that influenced not just his music, but how he went about living his life because, uh, again, he lived, uh, like every day could be his last and uh inevitably when somebody tried to uh you know take what he had created you know he uh was very ferocious in defending his uh you know his companies as well and i think that that was also because he just knew that uh you know he had to live like every day could be that last day yeah it really comes across in the film and uh your dad was a uh a loyal man uh he uh there's a big chunk of the film about his relationship to Atlantic Records and Jerry Wexler and uh, and and the, the upper echelons of the music business uh, he that's a fascinating part of the film there's a another significant portion of the film about his relationship with uh, uh, some wise guys and this is he is a complex man um, and obviously he and your mom were, um, you know, were partners. Uh, they they seemed to really uh, feed off of one another, at least uh, from from what I saw in the film. Tell me a little bit about their relationship. So yeah, my mother uh, was a young uh, go-go dancer in the Peppermint Lounge, uh, and she uh, met my father. There was a, quite a distinct age difference between them. She was in her very early twenties, and he was already in his mid thirties. And uh, they fell in love. And um, again, I think it was because of the, you know, the, he was just in a hurry and he had to yeah. live life uh, as fast and as much as he could. And so he had three children with her in three years. And, um, you know, he was, she was, like somebody said, a great first lady uh, to him because she was also tough. And um, yeah. she was there when uh, he needed her. Uh, and we tell some of these stories in the film. Um, my mother, uh, I should say, she she just passed away uh, uh, in late February. Oh, I'm sorry. And uh, yeah, it was that um, uh, she got to see the film and she got to really experience, um, you know, the sort of the joy of uh, of our efforts to you know, tell our dad's story and also to tell hers. And she joined me for a screening in Miami just a few weeks before she passed and got a standing ovation from the audience and. Um, yeah, it was really uh, oh. special, but I uh, still can't believe she's gone. But oh, we... I'm so sorry. I yeah, thank uh, you. Uh, yeah, and again, her part of the film where, uh, as you said, she ran a music uh, enterprise, which, uh, you know, even today would be a daunting uh, challenge, but back then it probably even more so given the dominance of of these people who were in the business of taking advantage of other people. Uh, but she seemed to have been able to hold her own, which is a remarkable achievement, in, especially in the, that era. Um, the uh, 
I want to talk a little bit about your dad as a record producer because we talked, his songwriting was amazing. And he was able to, it was prolific, it seems, that he was able, not only just quantity, but quality of work was, it's just phenomenal. Really, the the, the thing that just jumps out at you when you watch uh, the uh, Bang the Burt Burns story is an amazing output of really great songs. And as you alluded to as well, heartfelt and in, 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 all, in all senses of, the, of that of that word. Um, and, and deep, I mean, this stuff was, this is, this is pop music. And if you listen to the lyrics and what was going on in these songs, pretty amazing stuff for the first radio fair, if you will. Um, but uh, as a producer, let's talk about your father as a producer. What, what, what do you think, what qualities did he bring to a recording session? Well, like uh, the great Lieber and Stoller, my father became a producer in order to make sure that his songs came off the way he intended them. Uh, you know, they, first they were songwriters, but then they became producers once they realized that it was the producer that was really the one who uh, was in control of the session and the final results. So um, he, as a producer, I think was uh, is distinguished by some of the, uh, his qualities, like that he really he treated the artists not just as a sort of another singer in another band that could perform the songs, but as, as musicians, as artists like himself. And so he went into the studio with them, and they felt safe with them. And, and we tell the story in the film how they would always go up to his penthouse on uh, the east side before uh, a session, and they would hang out all night listening to records and cook steaks and have drinks and talk about life. And so when they went in the studio the next day, uh, they felt they felt safe with him, and because he was a, 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 a singer and a, and a musician as well, um, he could deal with them on that level. And so, um, as a producer, you know, I think that all comes through in his music. And he, you know, he loved that symphonic soul. Uh, I think he actually you know, was one of the founding fathers of contemporary soul music. And so he he brought those string se- sections and horn sections into his songs. Mm-hmm. And he always had that uh, call and response from uh, Sissy Houston and the Sweet Inspirations. And so that kind of gospel infusion uh, was there. And it was really a mix of like Latin rhythms and yeah. Uh, and, and sort of uh, gospel uh, influence that um, came to bear in his in his sessions uh, as a producer. Great stuff, and and there's some wonderful footage and some recordings of the time of him in the studios and some great stories. And by the way, I be uh, remiss if I didn't mention all the wonderful interviews you have with these people: Ron Isley, Benny King, Solomon Burke, Van Morrison, Keith Richards. Paul McCartney, and all of them across the board uh, celebrate his his genius as a songwriter and as a producer and in their relationship with him. Um, I, I have to say, I mean, just kind of curious, what did you learn? What did you, when after this was done and you had a chance to, you know, kind of reflect on this project, Bang the Burt Burns Story, what what is your what did you learn about your dad that you didn't know already i I learned so much about him in the, in the course of uh making the book and the film and the musical i mean you know everything from the depth of his involvement with uh you know major figures in organized crime to the uh, depth of his autobiographical work um but I really feel like the the, the real revelation for me was you know, not only was he the most obscure songwriter producer of that time and place, but arguably uh, one of the greatest. And the reason mm-hmm. I say that is because he really was one of the only ones to achieve the trifecta of 
songwriter, producer, and record label chief. And he did most of it on his own. Uh, you remember most of the uh, great songwriters and producers of that era had uh, permanent partners like Lieber and Stoller and Goffin and King and uh, Jeff Barry and Ellie Greenwich. Um, but uh, my dad really wrote most of these songs or half of these songs on his own and the other half with everybody from uh, my mother to Van Morris. And uh, he really was this incredible collaborative force that could work with everybody. And so I think when you look at the totality of his legacy in that seven-year run, he did it all in seven years yeah. as a songwriter, producer, record man, um, as a founding father of contemporary soul music, uh, and that he did all these things, you know, on his own, uh, and uh, you know that he also was the sort of you know, one of the only Americans to go to the UK during the British invasion, the first American producer to work there. Um, you know, for me, I look back and go, my goodness, not only is he the most uh, obscure, but arguably one of the greatest of them all. I would not disagree with that. I want to let our listeners know that they can find out more about the film and about where it'll be screening at Bang. The Bert Burns Story dot com. Uh, I also know you have your own website, right? Or there's a Bert Burns dot uh, com website. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, there's information there as well. But uh, Bang the Bert Burns Story dot com is a good place to go. Again, it'll be it's opening in New York uh, soon, uh, uh, coming up this week actually, and we'll be rolling out across the country. There are a lot of places it will be screening around the country, so go to the bangthebertburnstory.com to find out more about that, where it'll be playing. And uh, congratulations to you and, and uh, Bob Sarles for this really wonderful documentary, and thank you for allowing us into uh, into your family's life and and really um, getting, giving the, uh, the world an opportunity to celebrate a remarkable artist and uh, a tenacious man, and I assumed a, uh, a wonderful husband and father. So uh, thank you so much, uh, Brett Burns, for being a part of Film School. Wow, thank you so much, Mike. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.